A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. In these words prophesy to them, to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God. Woe to the shepherds of Israel, who have been pasturing themselves. Should not shepherds rather pasture sheep? You have fed off their milk, worn their wool, and slaughtered the fatlings, but the sheep you have not pastured. You did not strengthen the weak, nor heal the sick, nor bind up the injured. You did not bring back the stray, nor seek the lost, but you lorded it over them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered for the lack of a shepherd, and became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered and wandered over all the mountains and high hills. My sheep were scattered over the whole earth with no one to look after them or to search for them. Therefore, shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, because my sheep have been given over to pillage and because my sheep have become food for every wild beast for lack of a shepherd, because my shepherds did not look after my sheep, but pastured themselves and did not pasture my sheep. Because of this, shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God. I swear I am coming against these shepherds. I will claim my sheep from them and put a stop to their shepherding of my sheep so that they may no longer pasture themselves. I will save my sheep that they may no longer be food for their mouths. For thus says the Lord God, I myself, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm today is Psalm number 23. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil. For you are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. You spread out the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Only, only goodness and kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Lord, in my heart and on my lips, that I might worthily proclaim your holy gospel in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Alleluia, alleluia. The word of God is living and effective, able to discern the reflections and thoughts of the heart. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hide laborers for his vineyard. 
after agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you too, go into my vineyard and I will give you what is just. So they went off and went out again in, around noon and, fa and around three o'clock and did likewise. And about five o'clock, he found others standing around and said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you too, go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give to this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. So today we get to reflect on Psalm 23. I remember memorizing Psalm 23 when I was in kindergarten. That's what Protestants do. They memorize Psalm 23 at a very young age. And I can probably still recite it if I think about it from the King James Version, of course. And I'll go, although I could recite it, I'm really confused by it. If the Lord's my shepherd, how come I don't want him? That didn't make any sense to me. And for the most part, even though I was, I was raised in Texas, my grandfather was a cattleman. But most of the pastoral images just didn't. I didn't understand the valley of the shadow of death. I did not understand that. I understood the still waters because we had what, a pond in Texas. We call them tanks. I'm not sure why. We had a tank for the cattle to come drink from. So that I understood. But a lot of most of it just kind of went past me. But today I want to reflect on this beautiful psalm that everybody loves because it is such an expression of trust in God. We long to have that simple trust in the Lord that David reflects here. And one of the things I note about this psalm is this is a psalm written by a shepherd for shepherds that understood the imagery and that could understand how that is our relationship with God, how God himself is our shepherd. And of course, we read this passage from Ezekiel. And there in Ezekiel, he makes it very clear that because the shepherds of Israel, because they're priests and they're rabbis and um, those who were supposed to be caring for the sheep, the Pharisees, they did such a terrible job. They only wanted to take care of themselves. Jesus says, I myself will become their shepherd. And Jesus came, in fact, to be the good shepherd and to lead us into these verdant pastures and the still waters. So let's take a look at this reflection on the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm going to read it from a slightly different translation uh, as I go through this reflection. The Lord is my shepherd. I do not lack. 
One of the peculiarities of Middle Eastern shepherds is that they would lead their sheep and they would call them with their voice. The shepherds will, would, would sing to the sheep or talk to the sheep and the sheep would know the voice of the shepherd and follow him because they knew the shepherd was going to take care of them. The shepherd was going to protect them. In a way, you know, as, as we, we talk about pack animals, that animals that need to have, need, need to be in a herd, that need to be together. And sheep are like that, that they want, they need to be together, but they need a leader. And their leader is their shepherd. And so they follow the shepherd. Now, usually when we think about herding animals, we do it, we think of it in the opposite direction, right? We think of being behind the animals and forcing them on, you know, the uh, the cattleman's right from behind and cracks his whip or, and makes the cattle go, or the the sheepdogs. Sheepdogs run around and nip at the heels of the sheep to make them go in the direction he wants them to. But that's not the way God treats us. God is a gentle shepherd. He walks ahead of us, and he calls us with his voice. He leads us with his voice. Isn't that our relationship with God? That we listen for his voice and follow him. And when we do that, we lack nothing. We lack nothing. In fact, even if we have nothing in material, in the in material sense, we still lack nothing because we live in a relationship with Jesus, our lover. You know, it's like newlyweds. You know how happy newlyweds are and they move into their first apartment which is uh, probably smaller than my office right and they've got just a little bed and a little kitchenette but they are so happy because they have each other and they're in love with each other that's our relationship with jesus we are so happy when we are with him there is nothing that we lack he provides rest for me in green pastures the word rest is very, very important in, in Hebrew theology. To be at rest means to be safe and secure, not just to take a nap. It's to be safe and secure. God is watching over us. And so we're able to go into the green pastures with in rest, to be safe and secure, to know that God is going to watch out for us. We don't have to sleep with one eye open to make sure nothing bad is going to happen we have confidence in our shepherd who is watching over us and caring for us he leads me to peaceful waters oh that means so much to the ancient hebrews because they were afraid of water they were terrified of water they came from a uh, a background from a culture of desert nomads who didn't know how to swim and were terrified of water because when it rains in the desert, those of you who have lived in deserts know that it pours in this mighty storm and places that there was were completely dry suddenly become rushing rivers and it's easy to get swept away when you're not careful because of the, the violence of storms in the desert. But the psalmist says, David says, he leads me to peaceful waters. He brings me to places where I can quench my thirst and not be afraid of the water. This is a powerful image to the, to the ancient Hebrews that they could be at rest by the peaceful waters that God has led them to. 
the psalmist goes on he restores my life he leads me along the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name wow what does that mean to us again into the in the hebrew understanding of what a name meant it was the very character very nature you notice a lot of times i talk about what someone's name meant and especially when we're talking about hebrew because it was important to them what their name meant in fact god would sometimes change names right he changed from abraham or excuse me, from abram to abraham he says because you will be the father of many you'll be the father of nations so when god made a change in the character and the nature of a, of a man he would often change that man's name all right and jacob becomes israel so there's there's this constant idea that of the nature is is encompassed in the name and what is the name of god well of course his name in the old testament is yahweh which we translate as i am god's name is our very existence our very being we have a being because of god because of his name because he is existence he is all being and all we talked about in the last couple of uh, mornings about people coming becoming confused about the nature of god but at the very core the nature of god is that he is all being and sometimes if we confuse that and we think of he's a supreme being he sits up on a throne somewhere all right then that gives us a pagan understanding of god not the understanding of god that god gave us of himself he's not a supreme being or sitting on a throne somewhere he is all being as saint paul says he is all and in all as St. Peter says, in him we live and move and have and have our being. His name is I am. But his name is also mercy. His name is Chesed. We've talked about that love, compassion, kindness. His name is Chesed. Jesus says his name is Father. St. John says his name is love. For the sake of his name, for the sake of his Chesed, for the sake of his relationship with us. He will lead us into paths of righteousness because he knows if we try to lead ourselves, we will lead ourselves astray. We'll wander off. We'll get in trouble. We'll get in danger. We'll be the sheep that, that wandered away and Jesus will leave the 99 behind and come after us. For the sake of his chesed, for the sake of his being, for the sake of his mercy and love, for his fatherly care, he leads us into the place where we need to be. And paths of righteousness even if I walk through the darkest valley I fear no evil for you are with me or in some translations the valley of the shadow of death the dark valley or the shadow that valley of the shadow of death it's an actual place and it's a very narrow Canyon you know there are places on the earth where the canyons are so narrow that they only have sunlight for an hour sometimes even less than an hour a day because the rest of the time the place is in shadow and a lot of times that's how our life is right we don't see light directly very often we see light in shadow we see God in shadow even Moses who desired to see God all he saw was his backside we see we, we see what God has done we see him as it were by by what he's left behind but yet even though we live in a world that is full of shadow or we don't see light directly 
God still leads us through these shadows and brings us to safety because he is the good shepherd who watches out after us. Your rod and your staff, they give me courage. A rod and a staff is there to protect the sheep. And sometimes it's there to prod the sheep along, right? If the sheep wander off and need to be knocked back to, to where they belong. But the rod is a, is a weapon for the in the hands of the shepherd to defend the sheep from wolves and snakes and everything else that might prey upon the sheep. The fact that God's strength, God's God is there to protect us. He is our shepherd. And the rod and the staff of God give us courage. And even the courage to know that if we walk, if we go astray, his rod and his staff will bring us back so that we're not consumed, we're not destroyed by every wild beast, as Ezekiel says. You set a table before me, the heavenly banquet, right? But he says, you set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's our world, isn't it? We live in a world where there are many enemies of the church. There are many enemies of Christ. There are those who would distort Christ's image to us. And there are those who would attack Christ's image, attack the church, encourage people to rebel against the church. But yet in the presence of the world, God sets a banquet table for us. As Jesus prayed for his disciples, I do not pray you take them out of the world. They will remain in the world, but you will be with them. You will protect them. You will set for them a banquet. You anoint my head with oil. Again, in the Old Testament, only priests, prophets, and kings were anointed. And Christ was all three. He was the priest. He was the Melchizedek, the high priest. He was the prophet who spoke the true word of God that all would be required to follow. And he was the king of kings and lord of lords. Christ is the priest and the prophet of king. And yet, because we are in Christ, we share in his ministry. We share in his ministry of reconciliation. We share in his ministry of the proclamation of the word, as even I'm doing today. We share in his in the, the priesthood, the prophet's prophethood, and the kingship. I can say all that right. Of our Lord Jesus. He anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows when we're in the banquet our cup the eucharistic cup that christ has given us his body blood soul and divinity he has gave placed the cup into our hands and the cup his cup overflows as his body blood indeed goodness and chesed pursue me all the days of my life pursue me God pursues us as a lover. God so desires to be with us. Jesus so desires to be with us, to be our shepherd. He pursues us all the days of our lives. If we just stop and be silent and listen, Jesus is pursuing us. And I will return to the house of the Lord for the length of my days, or not some translations, forever. You know, this is the first glimpse we have in the scriptures of eternal life. 
The ancient Hebrews had no concept of eternal life. Their concept is that everyone dies would go to the place, to the netherworld, to the place of the dead. They called it Sheol. But here, David has this glimpse. No, maybe I won't be sent off to the netherworld to be in Sheol forever. I believe I'm going to be in the house of God forever. I will be in the house of the Lord forever because God is my shepherd. God is my savior. What a beautiful, beautiful understanding that David has as a shepherd, writing to shepherds about the good shepherd whom we now know is Jesus. What a beautiful, beautiful prayer. No wonder we all love this psalm so much. Let us go to God now in prayer.